You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, Silver and Black Today, the Tuesday edition of our Odyssey original podcast talking Raiders football. Welcome back. Uh, Mo Moten, he is my partner here. He is also the senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. You can also catch his Raiders work, which should be blistering this week on SportsNot.com. Oh, boy. You can also catch me up on SportsNot.com, where I'm an editor and writer as well. Uh, And do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get it. Uh, incredible watching this offense, Mo. This we want to jump right back into the offense. We we'll get to Jimmy Garoppolo, but remember last year, as you said in the first segment, this offensive line was not something uh, that you're going to put on Mount Rushmore of offensive lines. But they were they were good. They got better as the year went along. They were underrated, I think, in many cases. And by the way, they helped Josh Jacobs run for 1650 yards and win the rushing title. Josh Jacobs on Sunday, better, not negative yards. He got 62 yards, still not the Josh Jacobs. He had a couple nice runs where you thought, oh, he's back. Um, So there's a little bit that might be on Josh Jacobs. I mean, if you saw the pregame interview with him, he was talking about getting back into game shape. Okay, that's a little bit of it. But the offensive line, you're not seeing the push, and you're seeing in all three games, and this is my biggest concern, Mr. Moten, is the fact that this offensive line is getting bullied. They're getting pushed around. You saw against the Steelers, and you're going, well, they faced a good defense in the Steelers. Yes, they did, but there are good defenses all over the NFL, and you're going to face them. You have to perform against them. Colton Miller, penalties. You had, of course, Jermaine Illuminor got beat. T.J. Watt, yes, he's one of the best in the league, but, man, they just have regressed so much, and when you're getting beat up, on the offensive line, and we'll talk again, we'll talk about Garoppolo in a second, but when you're getting beat up, it's hard to do much of anything. It is hard to do much of anything when you're getting hit. Jimmy Garoppolo, had he limped off the field before halftime, if you remember, he got yeah. twisted like a pretzel once. 
I, I will say that the offensive line had a had a bad day. That is true. And you're and they were facing a pretty good defense. They were facing a pretty good defense in the Buffalo Bills uh, last week. But I I know we're gonna talk about this in, in a minute, but I put a lot of the blame on Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And I'll explain why when we get into it. Well, no, let's get let's go ahead. Go ahead, jump right into it. I Jimmy Garoppolo, one of the interceptions, and I played this on my bleacher report live. He had plenty of time to throw the ball. The second interception when he throws off of his back foot, there's no pressure around him. That wasn't a result of the offensive line breaking down and TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith getting after him. He had plenty of room in the pocket. It was a clean pocket, and he just threw it off his back foot, threw it off for grabs, and Patrick Peterson picks it off. That, that as I said, is a Jimmy gimme. On the other interception, there was some pressure, but then that means you you throw it away. Or you give it, you throw it somewhere else other than off target to Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer had no shot to get that ball. No shot. There was no shot. There was no shot. Whether he had separation or not, where the ball was placed, he was not getting to that ball. So I don't blame the offensive line for that one. It's it's Jimmy G. This this is a Jimmy. Yesterday was a Jimmy G problem. <laughs> you cannot win football games when you turn it over three times and the other team does not turn the ball over. The Raiders have yet to force the turnover again. Right. Yes, Marcus point of Peters emphasis. could have had Mar- Marcus Peters could have had a pick six, didn't hold on to it, fine, right? But you can't turn the ball over three times and expect to beat any team. People say, well, the Raiders' defense was the magic elixir for Kenny Pickett, and I would say the Steelers' offense was still okay. Mm-hmm. Did Najee Harris great. break out and have a, have a big game? Did none of their receivers had a hundred yards? It's a game that the Raiders still could have won had they took care of the ball. And to me, that's on Jimmy G. That's on Josh McDaniels' guy. The guy that he brought in to be efficient. Right. As I said before, 10 points off of two of Jimmy G's turnovers. And and just inexcusable decision-making from the pocket, from a a clean pocket on the second pick. Like, that's a Jimmy G problem. I put that squarely on his shoulders. And and not only that, but of course, uh, and I saw you interacting with some folks over the weekend around, uh, oh, here comes the Derek Carr stuff. Ah, you got rid of Derek Carr. He would have won... Doesn't matter. Your quarterback's your quarterback. He 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 performed extremely poorly against this Pittsburgh team uh, on Sunday night, and so now you have to deal with what you have. And and the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo uh, was performing so poorly, of course, he got hurt, like you said. Uh, and then I saw after the game something about concussion protocol. I'm like, where, yeah. when? Because he played the rest of the game. I don't understand what's going on there. Uh, and I'm not saying anybody's making excuses per se. It just seemed odd that suddenly he's got a concussion, but he just played the game, right? So I, I don't know what's going on. Um, and of course, Brian Hoyer was warming up and we were doing our, our, our live stream with Corey. And he's like, Brian Hoyer? what? So anyway, so I, I think we talked about it last or on Sunday night. At what point, I mean, uh, what week, Mo, do you get to? We talked about in the first segment about Josh McDaniel's future as the coach. But now you start looking at the court. You got a lot of money in the Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think they're anywhere near saying, okay, well, we're we're going away from Jimmy Garoppolo because you're paying a lot of money. And guess what happens? It doesn't matter unless he is so brutally awful and he was bad on Sunday night. It's going to go like this for a while. So I, I just want Raider Nation to be prepared because Jimmy Garoppolo is not, unless he's hurt, is, is, is going to be the starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. That's correct. There were a lot of AOC, ain't no kind of chance in my live stream Sunday night. And I, and I went into it and I said, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start for at least half the season, assuming he's healthy. Yes. They're not, they're not going to even consider a quarterback change until it's midseason. And it's and it's you know playoffs look basically out of reach 
that's when you'll see a quarterback. That's when you see them consider a quarterback. Consider, change. right? Con- even consider because, as you said, they they put they put a lot of money into the Jimmy Garoppolo. It wasn't market setting money, but it was enough that you would think they're going to give him a longer rope to mm. to you know play himself out of that job. But if they do make a change, I don't want to see Brian Hoyer. I, I no. just, we know what Brian Hoyer is. We know we we've seen it for over a decade. He's not the future. We know that. If you're gonna make a quarterback switch, switch to the rookie in Aiden O'Connell. And it's not because he had a he lit it up in the preseason. It's because he's the guy on your roster in that quarterback room who has any upside. So you want to find out what you have in Aiden O'Connell because you're probably gonna draft a quarterback the following year. So why not find out what you have in the guy you went up to draft in the fourth round? But again, I don't think that switch is gonna happen until midseason because of the money they invested in Jimmy G. Right. And Mo, you talked about uh, Garoppolo owning a lot of this, including what happened um, with that offensive line and, and understanding, you know, talking about not only turning the ball over, but sort of how he's distributing the ball. We saw a lot of focus on Devontae Adams, 172 yards. Who would have, if, if you came down from space and somebody said the Raiders and, 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 and Devontae Adams had 172 yards, you would never think that they played so poorly or had such a bad game offensively because they got him the ball. Great. Um, but you saw his comments after the game. But you look at this, and what, what was perplexing to me again, Mo, and, and I think it's Garoppolo, but I also think there's some, there's some coaching involved here, which is this team uh, offensively, when it's running the offense, you don't see anything in the middle. Remember when we talked to Jose and he talked about Jimmy Garoppolo living in the middle of the field? Where is that? Like, there's no, there's, you saw the one target to Michael Mayer, the interception, which was thrown completely behind him. But outside of that, what are you seeing? I'm not seeing anything in between the numbers. I'm seeing a lot of stuff outside. I saw a couple passes there. Of course, we saw a Hunter Renfro in the game a lot more. Of course, he wasn't targeted very much. To me, uh, there's a little bit of a disconnect between what they do in this system and what Jimmy Garoppolo is out there doing. Is it because Garoppolo's freelancing and he's not taking what's in front of him or are they calling different things for Jimmy Garoppolo because he's not, he's not grasping. I don't know. It's, it's very confusing to me on what's happening as they call this offense. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, you got to remember their best wide receiver in Devontae Adams lines up mostly on on the outside. So a lot of targets are going to go outside. But no, you're correct. They're not the Raiders are well, Josh Downs isn't calling plays that suit Jimmy Garoppolo's strong suit. I you know, I've watched a lot of 49er games because they're on national TV a lot. He loves the middle of the field. We talked about that during the offseason. Tight ends and slot receivers are his thing in the middle of the field. But mm. Hunter Renfro still only two targets that last game. Michael Mayer, other than that two point conversion, was a ghost. Austin Hooper, you know, he's on a milk carton right now. <laughs> the Raiders haven't just the Raiders haven't well Josh McDaniels just hasn't designed a game plan that suits what Jimmy G does best and those short intermediate throws in the middle field are what he does and I understand you got Devontae Adams on the outside you got to give him plenty of targets 
but you're not going to win a game on Devontae Adams having close to 200 yards. You saw that last night. I think defenses are willing to let Devontae Adams go off, but they're not going to let any other receivers, maybe Jacoby Myers will have his catches, but they're not going to, as long as they, as long as opponents stifle the Raiders run game and uh, don't allow those secondary tertiary receivers go off, they can allow Devontae Adams to go off 150 yards because the offense then, as I said, becomes predictable. And over time, you, he's Devontae Adams is going to get his numbers, but over time, it's not a sustainable offense to rely right. on basically one player and, and a few select plays from Jacoby Myers here and there. It's just not enough. You have to get your other weapons involved, and they have to use the middle of the field because teams are now be, are able to scheme a lot easier for the Raiders' offense, and this is why you're not seeing them score a lot of points. Again, they haven't scored more than 18 points in a football game yet. And I yeah. said this on the live stream. I said this on this show. I've tweeted this on X. Until the Raiders get the run game going, they're not going to score many points. I know Josh Jacobs had a couple of good runs, but at that point, the Steelers had backed off. They were playing the nickel defense. They were playing nickel. The Steelers yeah. at that time, they were allowing all the underneath stuff. They were allowing all the runs at that point. When the Steelers yeah. had their regular defense on the field and they were playing you know, how they play normally, the, the Raiders couldn't get anything going on the ground. It wasn't until late in the game. And and I, and we'll get to this, the decision again, but to me, the Raiders had some – momentum at the end of the game and then Joshua Daniels just kind of pissed it away kicking that field goal and not only that but I mean you look at the Raiders again to your point about 18 points because of the two-point conversion again they score early seven minutes in the first quarter of course the big 32-yard pass to Devontae Adams for the touchdown and then nothing until five minutes left in the game when they scored the <laughs> touchdown uh, from Garoppolo to Adams again and the, the two-point conversion so you had the second and third quarter Going into the half, coming out of the half, nothing. And and that's difficult too. Now, the game was within reach because the Steelers' offense just isn't very good. Remember, Kenny Pickett, to start the game, went one for five. His one pass was a 72-yard touchdown, the one he completed. So there's, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of blame to go around here for sure. Mo, as we look at this and we look at the offense, but 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 to me, I, w- I was talking a lot about it last week. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but everybody came out of the Bills loss blaming the defense with good reason. Defense has issues, but it's complimentary football. Your offense can't stay on the field. Your offense can't score points with a defense that's rebuilding. You know the defense has problems, so you have to score. That's why the team was built the way it was. That's why they went out and got a veteran quarterback, and they're just not getting it done. So to me... That is a huge concern for this team moving forward. What they're going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo, nothing. So I know you're angry out there, Raider Nation, but it's not going to change for a while. As Mo said, if they get to midseason and, and, and they have two wins and mathematically they're done, then okay, you might start to see a little Aiden O'Connell peppered in there. But even then, I'm not so sure. Uh, you got a lot of money on the line here, and sometimes the politics of the NFL, so you don't have egg on your face, which they seemingly already do, by the way, then that could force their hand and we'll see what happens. And and remember, this is the guy the coach wanted. This is the guy they wanted to bring in to replace a longtime quarterback who had been there. So we'll see how it runs up the pole. Go ahead. Where are all the people? Remember when we um, broke down the Jimmy G signing during the offseason and I said Jimmy G is not going to look like what he looked like in San Francisco because he doesn't have the same supporting cast? Yeah. Where are all the people that told me, oh, Mo, but he's a winner. Jimmy G is a winner. <laughs> and, uh, 
you know, like I'm not, I know I was going back and forth with the people who wanted to shoehorn Derek Carr in a discussion. I wasn't trying to have that discussion. Right. But at the same time, I'm not a Jimmy G defender either. If you remember, you can play back the tape. I did not want the Raiders to sign Jimmy G. I preferred Baker Mayfield. I said it on X. I prefer the Raiders had signed Baker Mayfield over Jimmy G because I know what Jimmy G was. A very limited quarterback that can only take you but so far, and we haven't seen him without a good defense and a run game. And the Raiders have neither of those things right now. So, of course, Jimmy G looks awful. (laughs) Yeah, without the run game, uh, they're in a lot of trouble. Okay, we're going to take our our final break here on Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition. When we come back, we're going to get a little bit into the defense. Patrick Graham, did we see anything Uh, We'll answer that question when we come back. This is Silver and Black today on Aussie Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere.